Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. I'm going to read it from the New King James Version. So now that we're in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. I'll stop there just a second. Remember I said last week that you know, people say, I saw an angel, I saw an angel. I don't believe them. Because anybody that has actually seen an angel, you look at the Old Testament, you look at the New Testament, any one of them that saw an angel felt like a dead man. They were so terribly afraid because they're huge. They look awesome. They're warriors. You don't mess with them. They will scare the living daylights out of you. So if you say, oh, I saw an angel, and I see a reaction, and yeah, you know. So. Now, you probably just had a dream of your interpretation of what you think an angel would look like. And Hollywood says that, you know, many times angels are little babies with, like, really little wings, and they're really cute. I don't think so. We call them angels, but a real angel, especially some of these main archangels, they are terrifying to behold. So it says here, uh, these men that saw the angel were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Say with me, do not be afraid. All right. He said, do not be afraid, which was a message that had to come from heaven many times on many different occasions. He says, don't be afraid because I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. There is born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Father, we thank you for this wonderful season. Thank you for what it represents. Thank you for your kindness that you have bestowed upon us, upon all the world. Thank you for bestowing your love toward us. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So I, I find in the discussion that the angel shares with these men four items that he mentions four items of importance. The one thing that he says is do not be afraid. So say to your neighbor, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Second thing he shared was I bring you good tidings. Or could say I bring you good news. I bring you a good message. The third thing is I bring you great joy. Now I don't know about you, but I love being around places that have great joy. By nature, we need to experience times of great joy. That's why we love comedy so much. Really, it's fun to be around comedy. Uh, I mean, not the raunchy kind. I mean, just good old-fashioned comedy. We love to laugh at each other, funny moments. We take pictures of each other, you know, falling down and, you know, scaring each other. And then we laugh, ha, 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 you know. The only one that's not laughing is the one that they do the joke upon, of course. But they will always get you back. So you better be careful who you, you know. You better be careful. So, but we love great joy, and it's even evidenced uh, scientifically that great joy produces benefits to the body. It heals us. It, it, it gives us strength. Uh, uh, great joy is a great emotion, and we know that great emotion uh, actually releases endorphins into the body. So it's, it's a good thing. Great joy is a really great thing. How many of you appreciate great joy? Amen. 
I love a good funny moment. You know, uh, there are times I work so hard uh, and then something happens when I can laugh. You know those belly gut laughters? Have you ever gotten into one of those? Do you even have to cry? It's so embarrassing. I'm laughing. I'm trying to wipe my tears as quick as possible. I'm a man. I'm not supposed to be crying, you know. But me, when I'm laughing so hard and I'm just emoting and I'm, cr I'm crying, so what's the matter with you? <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and you can't talk? How many of you have laughed so hard to, to the point that it hurts you in your chest? You go, no more, no more, please. But yet, it, you feel great after that. It's just such a release. It's amazing. And, and, and the angel said, I bring you great joy. So this, this, is, this news should, should create that type of atmosphere around you. It should strip away the anger, strip away the resentment, strip away the hopelessness and despair. As you saw evidence in that video, uh, that gentleman brought his worst uh, to the Christmas tree, you know, to the Lord. And when he gets the response, wow. You know, God just exchanged the hopelessness and despair for joy and peace and, and hope and, and faith, new strength, uh, new, uh, new uh, perspective of the future. So that's what God does for us. And, 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 and during this season, we, we stop to reflect, wow, what went right in the year 2010 and what were the challenges I had? What I love about God is he made us, in the Old Testament, he said he made us in his image and in his likeness. And one of the things that God does for us is he allows us to see that are things that are not done yet, but they're done in our minds. They're done in our hearts. So we can actually envision a new and better future for us before anybody else sees it. We can actually be totally convinced of a new future and start to work on it. Even though people look at you and they see your life and say, man, you've had a hard life. There's no way you can ever accomplish great things. But yet in your heart, and your mind, you've already done it. Amen. And now you proceed to work it out. So that's the power of vision. And God gave us the power of vision. Romans chapter 4 says, God is a God that calls things that are not as though they were. He says, let there be, and then he proceeds to work it out. And I love it because he made us in the same way. There was no bridge in that place, but somebody sat down, looked at it, mapped it out, you know, engineered the process before it was ever done. It was an empty lot, but somebody saw a 30-story building before it was ever done. Before it was ever started, it was already finished in the mind and the heart of somebody. And that's how God works. So during this season, it gives us an opportunity to realize how powerful we really are. How God really made us to be able to turn things around. In partnership with Him. In partnership with His principles, with His word, with His love. Because many times we look at things, not so much for us, but we look at a potential better future for our children. A potential better future for our community. A potential better future for our communities. Why not? Why not use this power for good? I mean, after all, aren't there enough people do it using their visions, using their thought processes for evil? Yes. We need to give an example of those that can take godly principles, the principles contained in God's word, and turn things around for the better. Hallelujah. So I appreciate a time like this. Uh, the fourth thing he said, on earth, goodwill toward men. So there was a divine shifting in, in Christ for us. Uh, so the name Jesus itself embodies salvation. When we think about salvation, it's not talking about just coming to an altar and, and doing a prayer. It's the wholeness of man, how God shifts and, and puts us in a different perspective. How he gives us a divine protection, divine provision. How he gives us a new mindset. How he gives us health, 
how he gives us a, a, a divine protection his angels encamp round about us and he gives us a better future Amen. I love it. And in that name, Jesus, it's the Greek form of the Hebrew name, Joshua, which means God saves or God is salvation. So indeed, the Bible is God's unfolding plan of salvation from the fall of paradise to the promise of paradise restored. So I am so grateful for times like this where we as a nation could, could reflect on the beauty of Almighty God. And how God could take something that doesn't look like enough and make it last. You know, we, we, we see the festival of lights, we see Hanukkah, how God did a miracle uh, for the Jews of old, how he, he actually allowed that oil. It was clearly not enough, but it just kept on lasting and lasting and lasting. You know, there are times where you think in your life there's just not enough, but God can just add a dimension of, of a miracle in your life and cause an overflow, an abundance, not just for you, but for those around you. The, our God is a God of more than enough. So say to your neighbor, he's a God of more than enough. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, uh, God, told, um, uh, God told Joshua, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Then he said this, Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. Uh, another, another version said, Do not fear. But the original language is, Having begun already to fear, stop. Don't go that route. Don't go that process. Shift it. We have an ability in us to either respond to fear or respond courageously. And being courageous is not the absence of fear, it's the willingness to do what is right. But it shifts you. It, it, there's, there's a confidence that wells up within you when you react according to what you know versus according to circumstance. And God told Joshua, I'm about ready to send you on a very important mission. Now you need to understand, the only way you're going to be able to fulfill this mission is partnering with me and being courageous. Amen. And I know many of us have been beat up. We've been beat up at our jobs, at our businesses. We've been beat up in terms of the economy. Uh, we've had hard times with our children, with our family members, circumstances, maybe uh, your health, whatever it may be. And God tells you today, he said, don't fear. Having begun to fear, stop. I want, I want you to allow the faith of God to arise in you and be courage, be encouraged because you're going through a journey. And in that journey, you're going to be a blessing to many people. Amen. So I want you to partner with me in this process because I'm, I'm about to do something in your life that you never thought was possible, but you have to be courageous. So don't be terrified, don't be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I heard a testimony the other day how a lady prayed uh, for a miracle and, you know, God answered her, but he did not answer her the way she thought he was going to answer her. She wanted, uh, she wanted it in a particular time, but God gave her something totally different and it was the absolute best thing that she needed at that moment. And, and I submit this to you today, that many times we get afraid because we don't see God answering it the way we think he should answer it. But, you know, in the year 2011, you should be more relaxed. Allow, allow uh, this thought in your mind. God, God knows a lot more than you do. Amen. He has a myriad ways to be able to get the miracle over to you. Amen. He has so many other ways that you're not even aware of. He said, God, I want an answer. And you said in your word that if I pray, you'll answer me. So this is what I want. 
I want point A, I want this, sub point B, I want this, and point number one, point one A, B, I want it this way and this way and this way. And when God doesn't answer it that way, we say, oh man, this thing doesn't work. Yet six months down the road, you have your answer. It didn't come in the way you thought you were. You don't even realize that God just ushered you a miracle. But he ushered it in a way that you didn't expect it, but yet it was absolutely a lot better than you would have ever, ever had it in your own way. Amen? Amen? How many times has that happened in your life when you experienced the miracle a couple of months down the road, but it wasn't the way you saw it, but yet you look and you say, man, this is a lot better. And raise your hands if that has happened for you. So we need to be very expect expectant in the year 2011. Guess what? There's going to be more bad news out there. Guess what? They're going to talk a lot about the economy. Guess what? They're going to talk about a lot of wars, rumors of wars, issues, situations, circumstances. But God never leaves you nor forsakes you. Amen. He says, have I not commanded you? He didn't call it the great option, you know. He said, it's a command. So say to your neighbor, it's a command. Amen. Don't fear. Jesus said, don't worry. He'll take care of you. He will open up the doors for you. There is more than enough. We just have to understand that there are myriad ways that God could get the miracle over to us. And the next thing is, when he's going to get you to do something great, at the moment you're ready to go through that difficult process, that moment when you realize, oh my God, this, I'm, I'm above my head on this one. This is too much for me. God says, I have qualities within you that you're not aware of, and I'm about ready to pull them out. But in order for you to experience that, uh, that level that you haven't experienced yet, I have to put you through this process. You'll find the greatest times of growth are during your greatest difficulties. It's not during the warm, nice, soft moments. It's during crises. That's when you grow the most. That's when you experience the, 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 the greatness that's within you that God deposited in you before you were ever born. Hallelujah. The angels told the shepherds, don't be afraid because you're about ready to experience the greatest reboot in history. You're about ready to experience a miracle, the greatest miracle. Hallelujah. And that is the birth of our Lord. Trust me. Don't be afraid. Don't be terrified. Second thing, he says, I bring you good news. Say with me, good news. I love good news. They just, they can, right? Don't you? I just love good news. I often say here at this church, just to bring the point, you could be in a bad mood, you didn't sleep enough, and then at three in the morning, somebody knocks on your door. And so now you're irritated because, you know, you got to wake up at 530, you're already cranky, you've, you've had a bad week, and that person knocks on your door. And so you open up the door, you say, what? It's your friend. No, but I got to talk to you. Just, couldn't it wait till the morning? No, 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 I got to talk to you now. Oh, so you're, you're upset, you're angry, but they came to give you good news. And the person says, I just hit the lottery for $200 million. and says, I love you so much, I want to give you $50 million of it. <laughs> now, my question to you, now that you've heard those good news, will you continue to be cranky? Something tells me the crankiness will just ooze away. And suddenly you go, come, mamacita, come here, come, come, come. Let's have some coffee and let's dialogue together. <laughs> Something about good news. <clears throat> it shifts you into a different perspective. That word, I bring you good tidings, it comes from the Greek word eugelio, to announce good news, to declare it, to scream it out, to shout it out from the rooftops. It was a good announcement. 
changes our perspective. And the greatest announcement that God is here in Christ to take our anger away, our despair, our regrets, our pain, our doubt, our hopelessness. And in its place, he gives us for the year 2011, <clears throat> hope, Amen. courage, healing, faith, power for living, a, a greater future. Uh, can somebody get happy with me a moment? I love it. I love it because it brings me into the third point. Once I understand that there's been a switch here, that once I understand that there's a transition, it'd be the similar thing if somebody comes up to me saying, listen, by the way, I don't know why, but here I am. I'm bringing my check to the bank. And, you know, I'm putting my usual $30 into my ATM. That's all I have. But suddenly the bank president comes to me. Listen, we have a situation here. We have an announcement for you. We don't understand it, but an anonymous donor just finished putting in your ATM uh, $750,000. <laughs> wow. So how am I going to respond? Well, I'm going to go like this. Wow, Mr. Banker, uh, that's exciting news. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll take that into consideration. Right? That's how we respond? <laughs> how, 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 come on, Sister Rose. There you go. That's right. You don't care where you're at. You don't care how well-dressed you are. Something's going to emote. If you don't say something, your hairs will just stand on end. You, you'll go, <laughs> something will happen. You get a momentary chia moment. <clears throat> but something, it'll, have, it'll come out. Great news causes a great response. So the third point is the issue of great joy. Psalm 16, the great psalmist said this, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That word joy there, fullness of joy, comes from the Hebrew word that means exceeding gladness. I'm not just happy, I'm exceedingly happy. In the Greek, exceeding means that it takes your present moment and throws it far beyond the natural ability of you to be joyful. It takes you to a supernatural level of joy. So David was saying, King David was saying, he takes us to a place, his presence brings us to a place of exceeding joy, far beyond. It's like uh, you, you get almost like a boost of joy. It's not a natural thing. It goes far beyond. So I said to myself, my God, his presence causes joy. Now, I notice that his presence is most evident and most effective when you're going through a crisis. We need joy in this season. We need supernatural joy in this season. Some of us here in this very moment need supernatural joy. You, you need God to just like give you the boost. You know, some cars have those little paddles where you're driving. So you could paddle it twice, pop, pop, and gives you like a boost of energy. Anybody has a car like that? Nobody's going to admit it, right? Well, well, anyway, they exist. And they're fun to drive, too. And I love it. But I don't have the paddle, so I just have to you know, drive with a regular car. But I appreciate my car. Brother Tony, you're absolutely right. It's a good car. It gets me from point A to point B. Doesn't break down on me, and I'm a happy man with my car. Amen. Yeah, amen. These Bentley things, I wouldn't want to drive it. I would want to hang it on a wall. It's so pretty and so dainty. And I, wouldn't, I don't want that thing in a New York street. 
I would only drive it in the suburbs somewhere, which like from one house to the corner, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't want to drive a car, a Bentley in the street? No, no, no. I, you have to have somebody to drive it. I can't afford to put somebody to drive it. But in looking at this joy thing, I love it because this type of joy, not only is it an exceeding type of joy, it's also a joy that is included in a festival, a type of celebration type of joy. Anybody here ever been to a party? No, you guys don't party. No, no, you guys never go to a party. Never, right? You don't, you've never experienced a party, right? Okay, the altar is open. You all can repent right now. And I know you know how to party. Some of you, you, you know dance moves that if I were to try it right now, I will break a hip. I know it. I know that. You know how to celebrate. Well, here, this great joy, the angel was saying, I bring you news that causes a festival-like atmosphere of celebration. So it's a time of great joy. So once the angel spoke to these men, these men were left like, whoa, this is huge. This is the most important thing that we've ever heard in all of our lives. And not for nothing, but the fact that God sent an angel to announce this. Hello? How many times have you gotten an announcement by angel? <laughs> I get announcements by email. <laughs> announcements by Facebook. Right? And they're pretty important. Sometimes I get an announcement by snail mail. Right? Sometimes I get an announcement in the news, Channel 7, announcement, it's going to snow today. But an angel? Yeah. <laughs> That's good news indeed. That's some really important news. If an angel shows up my door and says, special delivery, I'm going to pay attention to that one. <laughs> after I get myself up off the floor, after fainting. That's important news. So, the, so he said it's great joy. So that's how we have to take it. So we are so, how can I say? We're so used to receiving negative news. And we respond quickly to negative news. We immediately get into a negative posture. Isn't that true? News can, I mean, just get you. Oh, man. Oh. And you, you, you turn on 1010 WINS, traffic jam. Oh. The bus is not, oh. No bonuses this year. Oh. I mean, we're always oh, oh, all week long. Oh. So here we have, what was that? Think about it. We're so quick into getting into a spirit of negativity. But yet the angels, they, he said that, and then, the, then the, the, the guys go, oh, no, wow, wow, hold on a second. This is not bad news. This is good news. We should get used to receiving good news. We should welcome good news. Actually, it should be di very difficult for us to receive bad news. Amen. Why don't you try that? For the year 2011, refuse bad news. I'm serious. Shift your thinking. Oh, you know what happened over there? So, yeah, things happened, but we're going to help make it better. God's going to make a way. He's got a miracle on the way. He's got some wisdom for me. Even our confession. We believe God is able to turn things around. I believe God could give me a moment of wisdom that will shift my situation around. I believe God could touch my body and heal me and strengthen me. I believe God could give me favor on my job. Favor in business. Favor in my community. I believe God could turn my marriage around. I believe God could protect my children. I believe God could give me understanding. 
understanding. Amen. I believe God has made me to be a significant person here on earth. I can touch one person. I can touch a family. I can touch a community. I believe that. If he said it, I believe it. Hallelujah. Amen. John chapter 15, Jesus said it. He says, listen, I'm grafting you to the vine. You are not a people of God, but through me, you become a people of God. It's almost, uh, we were adopted, and I appreciate this adoption, because adoption means I get the same benefits as everybody else. Yes. Amen. Amen. I might not have been born there in natural, but when, when you get adopted, you have the same legal right, the same legal benefits, so I can celebrate that Almighty God gives me the privilege of calling him Abba Father. Wow. So he's not a stranger. He's now Heavenly Father. Amen. He's a good God, a tender God. And the last thing, good will toward men. That word in, in the Greek, eudokia, satisfaction. God satisfied the penalty. He satisfied the requirements. And he brings me into good will with him. He issued, or, or not issued, but he gave kindness toward humanity in that announcement. He says, I'm about ready to release a kindness that you have not understood. He's a, it's, my, it's my desire and my good pleasure to restore you to myself. Wow. This meant goodwill. This meant that our peace is not found in a place. Our peace is not found in an action that we can do. Our peace is found in a person, Jesus Christ. Amen. This goodwill meant that Almighty God is on a mission to restore humanity to its original place with Him. A place of fellowship. A place of relationship. Didn't He say that in His presence there's fullness of joy? Amen. In that relationship? With the Almighty God, in that presence, there is joy. Yes. When I was dating my wife, I mean, I would go home and I would pick up a phone. Meanwhile, I was just with her a couple of hours. But I pick up the phone. She says, you all right? Yeah, you're going to go to sleep now? Oh, wow, yeah, okay. We had a good time, didn't we? I mean, we spoke absolutely nothing. <laughs> we just kept on talking for hours at a time. Her mother had to hang up the phone. There was nothing, no life-changing thing we discussed. I do well, you know, my nails, you know, I just cut my, my second nail. I, you, wow, wow. <laughs> but you see, there was joy when we, we, we experienced each other's presence. Ah, oh, come on, you guys. You know, you're just as bad as I am. Don't even go there. Come on, Luke, don't look at me that way. You know that when you're hanging out with, with your honey, you're, you're, you're happy. Come on, guys. You're all the same. You're just as mush as I am. <laughs> yeah, but it's special. It's precious. Relationship is pre uh, precious. Presence is precious. Today we're experiencing each other's presence. And there's an energy to that presence. You ever been to one old rock and roll concert? There are like 20,000 people there. The presence is incredible, right? We went to a, a men's conference. 44.5 thousand men. The presence was awesome. It's the same thing. In the presence of God, there's great joy. And God brings good will. So I love that about my God. His presence is with me. And he restores me to that place of fellowship and relationship. As we get ready to enter into the year 2011, make, let's make sure that we understand what Jesus' birth means. And let's enter into a personal relationship, which is the reason for the season. Christmas, Christmas. 
I mean, we celebrate a lot of holidays throughout the year, and we respect them all. And I feel bad when more and more revisionists are trying to take away our, our, our love for the reason for the season. It's special to us. It's precious to us. It's not Santa Claus. I mean, I appreciate the story. It's a good story. But Santa Claus didn't do anything for me. Uh, he didn't come down my, my chimney and give me a gift. I heard of all November and December that he was on his way to give us a gift. I don't have my gift. I'm still waiting for my gift. Santa didn't give me a gift. I already received my gift in Christ. Amen. So, I mean, I appreciate the stories and the awe and the mystique of the Christmas trees and the, the reindeers, especially one that <clears throat> whose nose lights up. I'm still trying to understand that. I don't think that's true. Every time I go to Pennsylvania, I see deers, none of their noses light up. So they're nice stories. But there's a real reason. Amen. And, and we have to share that wherever we go so that others can also have the same hope. So others can also be able to bring their stuff to Almighty God. And He'll transition His stuff to us. He'll transition His joy. He'll transition the hope. He'll transition uh, the, the, the peace of God. Some of us right now, we need that peace of God. We're, we're upset. We're angry. We've been hurt in the past. We've been wounded. But God is saying, well, here I am. I have my joy. Give me your, your anger. Give me your hopelessness. Give me your despair. Today I will give you my joy in its place. I will give you life. I, I will give you healing. I, I will give you faith. I will give you uh, a, a better future. I will give you a vision, a new start. So in closing, as I, I think about the year 2010, a lot of great things happened, a lot of wonderful things, a lot of challenges. But I grew a lot, people. I grew a lot because I'm partnering with God in my life. I know He's with me. I'm partnering with you. Some things we did together. We were able to do some great things. But in this year, 2011, it's incumbent upon us. It behooves us to shift our thinking, our mindsets, and understand we could do a lot more than what we realize we can. As we allow God's principles, God's word, his goodness to flow in us and then flow through us, wow, watch out. A lot of people are going to benefit from the presence of God, the grace of God. Jesus was born. His presence came on earth. Amen. But just before he left, he says, it's necessary that I go, but I'm sending you another comforter. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And then he gave us the commission. Go into all the world. And... Share this good news. Preach this good news. Amen. Give the good tidings to all the world. It's good news. So what are you going to do this year? Are you going to complain? Or rather next year, are you going to complain and gripe? Or are you going to shift it? Are you going to be the one that brings joy into a room? Because in the same way, he brought good tidings. He now gives us the privilege of bringing good tidings. In the same way that he brings joy, his presence brings joy. Our presence can bring joy. Because he's now in us. When was the last time you went into a room and you brought joy? Think about it. Today. Amen. I love that. Wow. Awesome. That's right. It's, it's incumbent upon us to realize the power we have. I always tell you this throughout the year, but I'm making reference of it again. You can literally change a room just by you showing up. Amen. I expect it. 
I go into places now and I expect to make a positive impact with my words, with the way I respond to things. I cannot uh, uh, control situations, but I can control the way I'm going to respond to situations. So knowing that and understand that I'm going to make a difference in the year 2011. God give me strength. God give me health. God give me life. I'm going to make that impact. I'm going to make that difference. I'm going to make that shift and change. Let's all stand. Let's give him some praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we thank you. We are so grateful to you. We love you. Oh, God, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for relationship. Thank you for presence. Thank you for the great news. Thank you for joy. Thank you so much for your kindness and your love. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for salvation. And today as I pray for your people here today, as I pray for our wonderful guests, our special guests that are here, I pray that your blessing would greatly cover them throughout this entire holiday season, Lord, and into the new year. We pray your blessing upon each and every person here, upon their families, their children. We pray, Lord God, for your peace to rule and reign. You said that great joy, Lord God, was coming to earth. You said, Lord, that peace and goodwill would be extended toward men. And Father, we receive that goodwill and that peace. In our lives, we receive that goodwill and that peace on behalf of our families, Lord God. And we take a moment to, to pray for our nation. We ask, Lord, for all those that are going through much difficulty, those that have lost jobs throughout the year, that have lost families, that have suffered some form of inequity, some form of problem of crisis, I pray that your presence would greatly cover them this day. Lord, grant them miracles. Even a miracle of a brother or sister in Christ coming over and helping them in their time of need. An offering maybe. A prayer maybe. Maybe a visit at a hospital. Maybe a visit in the prison. Maybe a word of counsel. Maybe, Lord, uh, grant them wisdom to be able to deal with their situation. Because, Father, one moment of wisdom could shift 10 years of crisis. And I pray, Lord, throughout the world for your peace to rule and reign. We pray for your people in Jerusalem and Israel. We pray for your blessing upon this nation. We pray that your archangels would continually guard and keep, Lord, this land. We pray for peace in the Middle East, my God. And I even would pray that you would expose any plans of any misguided extremists, Lord God. That you would expose it, my Father, even during this holiday season, before it would ever have an opportunity to rear its ugly head. We're so grateful to you. Even today, we're thanking you. Lord, in the Times Square proposed bombing, Lord, you were able to somehow or another bring a stop to that thing, where it could have devastated many lives. But you put a stop to it. You expose that plan. You expose that plot. And thus people did not have to suffer a catastrophe. I pray that you do that over and over and over again. Glorify your name. And I pray that you would even bless our congressmen, our senators, Lord God, with wisdom 
with understanding in the coming days as to how to deal with our economy, as to how to deal with the great issues that are plaguing the United States today. Glorify your name. We ask it, Father, to you. We ask you for the wisdom for them on their behalf. Give them wisdom that they might be able, uh, Lord, to shift, uh, Lord, in such a way that the laws, that uh, the processes that are going on right now would be able to benefit every single United States citizen, Lord God, and our families. Glorify your name. And lastly, we just want to give you praise. We want to thank you. We want to honor you today. We want to give you first place in our lives because we recognize that the greatest thing we could do is have a personal relationship with you through Christ. So we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your blessing upon our lives. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.